The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to the Barca Blogger podcast. My name is Josh. I am joined by Robbie Dunn from Into the Collagen. Robbie, how are we doing? I'm absolutely wonderful. Josh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Wanted to have you on. Um, it's, I think we're still about um, almost a week out or six, five or six days out from when Atletico Madrid and Barcelona will match up. But wanted to go ahead and get this on the books before um, before the weekend. So um, Atletico still play Alaves on Saturday and they currently sit third in the table, 13 points behind Barcelona and two points ahead of Sevilla. Um I wanted to get you on to talk about kind of how Atletico Madrid have handled things the last few months. So I kind of want to, you know, take a step back and first ask you, how do you think, um, how did Atletico Madrid handle the initial kind of COVID-19 suspension of play and training? Like, did they, were they initially um, more opposed to it and try to power through it? Like, I know... Um, from you know the Italian football side of things, like those, a lot of those owners were more uh, brash with their opinions on things. And then mm. you have you know La Liga, where uh, Real Madrid, I think, did a pretty good job of just kind of taking safety and precaution first. Barcelona was a bit more, um, you know, players taking salary cuts. There was more mm. opposition with the players and the the management. So, how did Atletico Madrid do do for those of us that uh, that aren't so caught up on them? Yeah, well, they they obviously announced an Arte. Um, uh, I'm not entirely sure exactly when it was, but yeah, they they were they were seen as one of the clubs that was kind of in danger of of um, of struggling massively with this 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 whole coronavirus situation and the economic hit that they were they were always going to take, and every club took. So, but but uh, as a whole, Spanish football handled it really really well because i think it was it was such and, and i mean we lived through this and, and it wasn't just uh one one thing for football teams and players and one thing for 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 normal humans as uh, use the word normal but like just everyday citizens it we were all living in uncertainty nobody knew what was going on and i think that given the fact that pretty much most situations that we could think up of uh, um have have happened before or some version of them this was brand new so i think a lot of places were just looking for a leader to emerge to lead them through this and and it, it was in situations like this that or, or like it was back in march where any decision is better than no decision because there was so many opinions and so many different um different predictions coming out and we were, we were hearing new things about this 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 virus literally daily almost hourly there was things coming out so i think everyone um whether that be in your normal work life whether that be in um, your country's leaders whether that be your uh, football club leaders or, or in this instance la liga's leader javier tebas everyone was looking for that person to kind of guide them through it and i think spain kind of rode in behind javier tebas and he was 
he, he's kind of known as being a brash, no-nonsense character. He, he's, um, he makes decisions and he sticks with them and he's very, very principled in that, in, 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 in that respect. So it was that can kind of rub people up the wrong way. But in this situation, it worked out really well for Spanish football and the clubs. And I think that given the fact that they were all um, set to lose so much money, they all happily kind of followed. And I think that's why you didn't get as much dissent from them because obviously historically Spanish football would be a little bit... Um, there are some clubs that are not as economically uh, uh, well looked after as others and, and I mean Atletico Madrid obviously have the Champions League now for the last number of years have been have, under Simeone have been um, really successful but they do rely on and, and with that comes more expensive players higher salaries things like that so so they are more reliant on gate receipts on merchandise on um, making it into the Champions League on television rights things like that so I think that they and when you're in that kind of a state of desperation, you'll kind of listen to whoever it is that's calling the shots. And I think that's what happened with La Liga and with Atletico. And while they didn't announce an Erte, I think that they, given the fact that Javier Tabas was always planning on playing football, he wouldn't even entertain the fact that there was going to be no finish to La Liga. So I think with that, it worked out okay. But yeah, like everyone, there was, there was moments there at the start of this when it felt like we weren't entirely sure if we were going to have football in, in 2021, in 2020, let alone for the rest of the summer. So, uh, yeah, um, I would say that they handled it quite well overall. And given the fact that we've got football back now and it feels like we are returning to the to normal without too much um, turmoil, I, I think they have handled it well, yeah. So, and, and you mentioned some of the, uh, some of the budget concerns. Um, how did Atletico feel about um, some of the economic things that were happening? Because I know like clubs like Real Madrid and Barcelona uh, were concerned, but it was like a concern they won't be able to spend $100 million this summer. It was never like a big concern. And then there were a lot smaller clubs that were concerned about even survival. And then you have Atletico somewhere in between. So how did, how did the economic constraints that COVID created impact Atletico's out, outlook on this summer and the summer, like the, um, their budget moving forward? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. The, 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 the big thing is, is that they kind of took a minute and to, to kind of collect themselves and they seem to have the backing of the, the, of the players completely. And I think that that's something that we're kind of seeing now as a result of, of how well they were kind of treated or looked after or maybe, I, I, I don't know what happened behind the scenes or how negotiations unfolded and, and how, how it was proposed to the players. But you can see now that they've won four on the, or sorry, they won three on the trial and they drew an athletic um, athletic Bilbao and we can see that they're a completely fortified group of players and they're kind of happy to be back and and, and they seem to have so, some some clubs have kind of uh, maybe not in the Liga, we haven't really seen that many, but but there are instances where some some uh, clubs and players are a little aren't, aren't too happy with maybe how things were handled and things like that. But I, I feel like Atletico uh, players have grown from the from the break, and they and while that is partly down to how hard they trained, which I'm sure we'll discuss uh, later on the podcast. But I think uh, they've started really well, and I think that that's a sign of how the club behind the scenes uh, handle things so and, and also I think with Real Madrid like they've got the obviously the the, the stadium that's being being um, developed so they've got that kind of an expense and they've also I think they're aware too that they have been keen to buy um 
either Mbappe or Haaland or bring in a new Galactico to fix some of their um, attacking problems. So they were looking at it from, as you said, from that respect, they were thinking we're not going to be able to sign anyone now this summer or else we're going to have to do some serious squad manoeuvring in order to sign someone. So I think that was, and then obviously Barcelona are just living on the edge constantly. And there is that friction between the board and the players constantly. And that just kind of exploded a little bit. Now it wasn't handled well, obviously, and there is, but but that just, I think, speaks to the lack of kind of trust that was there already. Um, but but I think overall Atletico are fine. And 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 I think Simeone kind of has the players he wants now. So they, they can, they, can spend a summer of not they can sorry um go through a summer of not spending uh, and still have a fairly competitive team uh, so i think i think they, they're looking okay for the for the short-term future anyway yeah and the nice thing is your is your fan base won't freak out too if they don't go out and get someone mm. big um <laughs> the the increase in like the condensed schedule how do you think that'll impact atletico's squad like do you think they're built to withstand some of the pressure that that's going to create um do you think they're i guess like the core members aren't going to falter to injury super quick like how do you how do you think the team is built to withstand this sort of increase in intense play without having like a midweek you know game where they can rest the starters kind of thing yeah, I'm not sure. I was talking to a friend of mine who works for works with one of the clubs that's involved in in the in the in, the, in La Liga, and he was saying that a lot of the players were talking about how how worried they were about Atletico because how how much they were training. Apparently, they were doing like two sessions a day, and it was like full on. Like whereas some of the clubs are kind of easing their way back into it. Atletico Madrid were like absolutely uh, full full tilt. From I just the gotta beginning. say that's that's very on brand. Yeah, very on brand and I think it's very obvious in how they're kind of playing now they're kind of they kind of got caught up to speed but but to your question about how it's gonna how it's gonna go for their next whatever it is 20 days 21 days or, or uh, eight games or whatever whatever it happens to be um the I think well we're obviously gonna have to wait to see but I've been kind of just trying to figure out what teams have excelled and and, and things like that and I guess I guess this is one of the uh big questions i was thinking the the worse the worse the coach the better the teams have a chance of of actually doing something because it's not about those auto, uh, I, I don't know the, the word in spanish is like uh, automism or uh, those automatic kind of movements between players so for example if you look at a uh, getafe a team uh, like a uh, built very much in jose bordelas's style and he, he they're very um well drilled in terms of how they how they press and it's all very automatic and it has to be very choreographed. They've struggled. Now I know that that's in part due to intensity, but they're also, they've also struggled just in terms of their, their pressing. It's not, it doesn't seem as coordinated as it was. And and then you get the likes of say a more physical team, like say, um, I'm, I'm trying to think maybe, See, see, this theory doesn't work because some of the teams that are more physical haven't started well either. So I don't really know. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to show it around. But maybe if you look at, and this is one of the kind of things that's leveled at Simeone is that, oh, it's so simple, just sit back and defend. If that is the case, and we know it's not, it's really not... Um, it's really not that simple to sit back and just let teams kind of try and pick you apart and uh, to defend like that and counter um, as one. But if it if it is easier than say Barcelona style, which is very choreographed, then 
it would make sense that Simeone and Atletico are going to finish the season stronger because it's, it is that slight bit easier. There aren't as many automat- uh, automism, um, automatic movements and things. So uh, on a physical level, I would say Atletico will be fine um, because because they're just kind of they're they're built like that. They're quite a physical unit, and 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 he and Simeone has a squad built um, for that physical uh, task that the tasks he puts up to them and then from a tactical side of view point of view I'd say it might actually work out for Atletico a little bit because the likes of Setien he needs way more time to drill it into his players and they need maybe a month or two of training along with games to get both match fit and to get their tactical and and, um, technical sharpness uh, there and then in terms of the squad I was just looking at them against Levante the other day and and I think Atletico have more options now off the bench and within their squad than I've seen in in a, in a very long time, I mean, I mean, Carrasco adds a different dimension. He adds that kind of verticality. Correa adds a little bit more nuance. Um, Llorente now is is um, is another wrinkle in that attack. And I mean, provided they do hold up physically, I think that they've got a pretty deep squad to to, to hold on to that third place anyway. Yeah, and so I, if the season had you know been cancelled due to COVID, who would be the player that? you would say defined Atletico's season um, if it had ended before things picked up again? Who is the guy that you would look back and say, he was the person who put us in this position um, in third place. He was the reason we would have great games. And, you know, when there mm. were lackluster games, you know, his his presence wasn't felt as much. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because you look back on it now and it feels like, it, it, everything it feels like a different season, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it feels like a different, uh, like Kieran Trippier. I'm, I'm kind of trying to think, and it almost feels like he's been at the club for three years. I remember <laughs> watching him against. I remember watching him at like Leganes at the start of the season. That feels like, that feels like two years ago. But yeah, uh, yeah so 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 for example, um, it's a kind of a, a tough question to just give one player, but I would say like the likes of maybe. And he hasn't been consistently brilliant or anything, but I would say someone like maybe Thomas Partey, because given the fact that Atletico are trying to develop their style and turn into a more kind of an attacking, dynamic team, Partey, who has taken the place of like Gabby or... or, um, whoever it was that was sitting deepest. Thomas Parity is not a defensive midfielder. He's more of a a kind of a... a, a, a passing um, a, sp- a ball sprayer will say so like for, in terms of how they uh, have tried to change themselves Thomas Partey has been central to absolutely everything but in, in terms of like in like when you look at recent weeks then Marcus Llorente has just completely turned the fortunes of this club upside down like forgetting about the Liverpool game which has put Atletico into the next round of the Champions League which like I mean, and I will include myself in this. I gave them pretty much no chance to to qualify against that Liverpool team. We've seen how good Liverpool are, and Llorente was the key man in that. Um, and then since he's come back as well, he's not just been a key player. He also adds that depth to the squad, and he adds that extra dimension to the squad. So, like you've got the likes of say Trip. Obviously, All Black is ever present, and that. But it's actually not a good sign when he's that when he's so heavily relied on. So, uh, so, so you've got all black. Trippier has been excellent from that right hand side for for long spells, and at the start of the season, he was really one of their key men. And then you've got Thomas Partey, and and, and then an attack. Llorente has completely come out of nowhere to revitalize Atletico and make them look like a team. If Atletico weren't so far behind in the title race, I'd be thinking these guys could actually go on and win. Maybe not every single game, but 
they could win like 90% of their games and, and and it's an awful pity that they're not still involved in that title race because I think they could give give either Barcelona or Real Madrid a real scare there for second or, or even first. Um, but yeah, they're just too far behind at this point. Yeah, and so recently, I think it was you who wrote about uh, Marcus Durante and the virtue of patience on the website. That was you, correct? Mm. Yeah, that, that was me, yeah. Awesome. So like, just kind of give us a brief overview of kind of what you were talking about, because you mentioned, and my follow-up question to that was going to be, who is the player you think will define it You know, now moving forward? And it sounds like Marcus Durante is your guy. So mm. kind of talk about what you mean by the virtue of patience and how he's kind of come around this season. Yeah, I suppose I suppose that that article was kind of um, a couple of ideas folded into one. In that, like he's been really, I love that quote from um, Jorge Valdano, who's the, obviously the the commentator here on on television, and he writes for El País, and just a wonderful turn of phrase and really smart. He said that when Llorente wasn't playing for Zidane, he said he, he he trained like a Marine, he worked like a monk, and he waited like a gentleman. Like this is this kind of guy, and and I, and I think the the, the what has surprised so many of us, myself included, is again in this, is the fact that I don't know if you had thought that much about Marcus Renti to begin with, but when I thought about Marcus Renti, I saw him as this kind of deep-lying, defensive, rigid, um, um, very, very... Um, yeah, regimented player who, who, who was really good at interceptions and, and, and things like that. And I didn't think that there was a technically excellent player there and he came out and said and 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 that was actually portrayed to us in the press as well anything you read and, and I went through like El Pais's and El Mundo's kind of articles I when I was doing some research for the for the for the article and it was all about how 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 strict he was with his diet and he looked after he sleeps in this ergonomic mattress that purifies the air around oh, I saw him that, the, uh, the $35,000 <laughs> mattress that like is supposed <laughs> yeah. to stop you from aging yeah it takes 15 years off you and, and, and off your age and your natural age and, and all these things and, and like we had this image of him as this kind of almost militaristic figure and, and he's come out he's come back after the break and, and like it's actually I'm, I, I would actually love to write about this as well is that Simeone gets absolutely slated so often in the press and, and maybe rightly so the fact that so many Atletico so many player, attacking players have gone to Atletico and been blunted by the fact that they they had to do so much defensive work I mean we, we I don't know how much time you have Josh but we'd be here a while if we had to name them all out but like Nicholas Gaetan and, and um, Gelson Gelson uh, Mar- Gelson Martins uh, players like that Jackson Martinez uh, oh, this goes on but like if 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 he has just on 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 um unearthed this gem of an attacking player in Marcus Llorente, he needs all the credit in the world for that because we didn't have him down as this kind of player. He came out against Atletico Bilbao or Athletic Bilbao and he had six uh, dribbles and not just like kind of lucky scuffing the ball along and and and, and figuring out a way through players and run running into players rather than bite him he he was technically he's technically really good at dribbling and like he was playing on the wing and he's playing on the right hand side of a 4-4-2 he's playing just sitting in behind Diego Costa he's creating he's scoring he's really keen and I just think we had this image uh, sorry I'll speak for myself here. I had an image in my head of this kind of deep line player and he's come out and completely surprised us um, and he obviously knew he had it in his locker or maybe he surprised himself I don't know but he obviously had an idea that he had some had had this in his locker. He had this kind of attacking intent, and he's come out now and he's gotten a chance, and he's completely taken it with two hands. And I think that, um, 
I think that in terms of the patience factor, like well done to him because he was written off at Real Madrid, not given proper chances and, and, and kind of um, touted as a Casemiro replacement when clearly he was never that player to begin with. So, um, yeah, that's what I was just talking about and, and just how surprising it is to see a player come out now and just so creative, so adventurous, so aggressive in his, in his, in his pressing and that. And, when we do look back in this season, I think that is going to be the story of the of the year and, and how Simeone has just figured out that this guy has way more in his locker attacking-wise than we have ever seen or that we ever thought we he had. So talking about the attack, right, um, you guys have one of the more interesting attacks from a just like a casual fan's perspective uh, mm. in the world, you know, right, with Alvaro Morata, uh, Diego Costa, mm. um uh, Yannick Carrasco, like th- this is a team that has a ton of attacking talent. And then obviously, yeah. you know, you throw in Marcus Llorente. How do you, if Marcus Llorente is the player that kind of excites you the most in the attack, like how do you start to view Carrasco and Costa and Murata alongside him? I suppose, I actually, you know, it's it's so funny. I, I, I remember watching Marcus Llorente, I'd say it must have been about six months ago and we were in the Wanda and I was just looking at him and he was running around like a madman and I was thinking do you know what this I, I said to myself Marcus Llorente was perfect for Atletico about five years ago when they were full of energy when they were a, uh, did, when they did play with a certain intensity and, and I was thinking like it's an awful pity that he arrived at Atletico when they have kind of I don't know, like, I mean, when you watch Atletico week in, week out, there is, they have lost something, I think, in, in, and I'm not entirely sure exactly what that is or whether it's even, I'm not saying that as a negative thing, but they have definitely lost something from those initial years under Simeone. And, and then, and while they've gained other things, I think they did, they have lost that, that energy. So, like, I think, well, Llorente, I was, sorry, I was looking at him like that time six months ago. And now he's been given the chance and he's actually revitalized the whole attack. So, so, so his pressing and his energy and his willingness to run, I think it was uh, Valdano as well said that uh, he had never seen, he had never seen a player who loves to run as much as Llorente. They were, they were up 4-0 against Osasuna the other day and he was just running after the goalkeeper, like kind of, you know, the kind of stuff you see on the playground, the six-year-old just being a magnet to the ball. He was just just chasing it. And I think that that has revitalized the whole team and that in it, that kind of it puts defenders under more pressure. So that kind of just, it creates that little bit of um, panic in, the, in, in, in opposing defences. And, and that has liberated Carrasco and that has freed up like Correa to come in and do a job. If he, if he, if he comes on for a sub uh, as a sub for Llorente, it has given, it has given Costa an impetus to kind of move more because there are more chances to counter and things like that. So I think, I think like Llorente, well, we talk about his individual game. It's great and, 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 well done to him. He's been excellent, but he's actually revitalized this whole team because of as because of what he offers with pressing and energy and 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 it's something that they've been missing in the last number of months. And I would even go so far to say it's something they've been missing in the last couple of years. And um, yeah, so just while well, Llorente has been good individually, he's also liberated um, Carrasco and, and and even Yo Felix now too because he's kind of like that Arturo Vidal figure for Messi. He kind of breaks things up and, and, and creates spaces where those spaces weren't available for Yo Felix before and now they're kind of starting to create themselves. Um, now they're starting to appear in, in opposing defences. So I think Llorente is like, I mean, I, I can't say enough about how good he has been in the last couple of weeks. 
So like, I, I guess when you say perfect for Atletico five years ago, like, do you just fantasize thinking about him with vintage Griezmann? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And actually, in some ways, he's kind of replaced. Like, Atletico never found that replacement for Griezmann, who was kind of a little a will o' the wisp, we'll say, like a kind of a full of energy and uh, running around trying to um, create things and, 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 and trying to make things happen and drawing attention to himself, uh, which created spaces then for other players. So, uh, yeah, like, I mean, if you, if you, like, so, so, so I also said in that article about how Atletico had missed out on James Rodriguez, and I think James would have been perfect for Atletico to take more, take pressure off, um, take pressure off Joe Felix and things like that. But Marcus Llorente is doing that job just perfectly now at the moment. So, but uh, yeah, and and the other thing is like they haven't ever really replaced Arda Turan. I think like that kind of creativity and 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 as that kind of roving midfielder. And Llorente is proven to be that guy now. And and like I said, Simeone deserves all the credit in the world for unearthing that player who there had been no signs that that player was in there uh, prior prior to this last couple of weeks. So before we leave, I, I want to ask. How do you like? I think you mentioned you uh, you you expect like a high winning percentage for Atletico the rest of the season. But like, what are you going to mm. be watching for um, since the title race is kind of uh, is is a bit out of hand at this point for them? What are you looking for? Kind of what are you expecting? Just some lasting thoughts um, for the rest of Atletico's season. Yeah, it's it's. Do you know what? It's kind of frustrating covering Atletico um, and watching them go out and play teams. Or, or sorry, going out and, and doing it when it almost doesn't matter. Now, I understand that they're still playing for third place and they're still playing for Champions League, so it absolutely does matter. And, and for Simeone, it doesn't matter if it's a if it's a preseason friendly or if it's a Champions League final. Every game matters for him. But I would just like to see some intent. And I understand that at the end of the day, they Atletico are uh, are not going to catch Barcelona, but I would just love to see them going out and 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 having a go and maybe just kind of maybe giving us a glimpse of what they might look like if they were to go out and not just try to. And I've been critical of Simeone in the past against bigger teams, and and I understand that that's that's his his style and that's it, and he's not really changing for anyone. But there's times when they go out and they might say, for example, I remember um, against uh, Real Madrid, maybe I can't remember was it last year. Yeah, it was at the Bernabeu, and Atletico had them on the ropes in the first half, and I thought this is this is it. Like, and I was thinking, like they have a chance to put their foot in their throat here and 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 really kind of stick it to Madrid, but but they they didn't, and they kind of fell off, and they kind of it was almost like they got to the brink of threatening Madrid and then they backed off they almost got afraid of what they might be capable of do you know what I mean so I'd love for Atletico to go out nothing to lose and just show some intent and maybe for for Simeone to get used to and get comfortable with the idea of going out to these big games and not just being afraid of losing but actually going out and trying to win and uh, now I understand that he Simeone is all about make mistakes in those games He, he he just he's like we will make less mistakes than you and we will try to capitalise on the mistakes that you make. And I understand that that is a perfectly feasible game plan and it's gotten them very, very far. But uh, I just would like to see that little bit of intent, nothing to lose, maybe show us a glimpse that Simeone still has gas left in the tank for this Atletico project and that he might actually turn them into real La Liga challengers next year. 
Yeah, if anything, it kind of like this is an opportunity to set themselves up mm. for next year, given this kind of the strange time frame we find ourselves in. It's like a we, we talked about how before the suspension, it feels like a different season. Like this is going to feel like some sort of like weird postseason training camp slash like because it's the Champions League is still here. And so it's just it's very weird. But either way, um, I will definitely I, I don't think I'll be able to watch an Atletico game now without thinking about Marcus Llorente. So thank you for uh for kind of exposing some of that talent because I think when you watch Atletico Madrid, it's easy to just focus on the stereotypical things about them being like, oh, I wonder how long they're going to sit there or park the bus for, which is just mm-hmm. never true about them. There's always so much more to watch with them. So thank you for pointing that out. Um, Robbie, I don't have anything else. You guys can check out Into the Cauldron um, at Robbie J. Dunn on Twitter. And uh, Robbie, I appreciate you joining me. No, no problem, Josh. Anytime, man. Uh, uh, thanks for asking me on. <laughs>